Hey, housewives, come on in. You know the dirty dishes are still in the sink and the laundry is still in the basket. Pop your AirPods in and make yourself at home here. I'm Tori. I'm Tracy. And we are your Unlikely Housewives. Stepping out in faith and believing that God calls the unlikely, we are here to show you the appreciation and validation you deserve, lead you to authentic relationships, and release you from believing the cultural lies to restore your faith and wellness. Pull up those high-waisted yoga pants, tighten your top knot, and reheat your coffee for the third time today. Turn up the volume and let's go. Hey, housewives. So glad you're here with us. Hey, hey. Welcome back to another week. We are so excited. We have another guest episode for you. But before we get to that, Tracy has got our weekly review. Yeah. So this is from Bringing Up Bathurst. And the title is Refreshing. She says, just found this podcast last week. Yesterday's episode, that's number 18, Overbooked and Underwhelmed, spoke to me. I felt a great peace after listening to this episode and realizing we don't have to do it all. It's hard to see that when you're so wrapped up in the moment. So it was a refreshing breath of air to listen to Tracy and Tori chat about that yesterday. Keep on keeping it real, mamas. Thank you so much. And for those of you that uh, would like to drop us a review, head on over to Apple and give us a five star. Give us a shout out to let us know what you love about the podcast and screenshot it and share it on social media. And we'll share it back for you. And we have got an incredible guest today. And we had the pleasure of getting to know her really well the last, what, 18 months through our community. And um, before we have our interview with her, I wanted to read her bio. Katie Bowers has been a Blue Valley resident since 2009 and began serving on the Board of Education in January 2022. She and her husband are the proud parents of six children who have all either graduated from or are attending Blue Valley schools. In the past 13 years, she has volunteered both in the classroom and with extracurricular activities from elementary to the high school level. She has also dedicated her time to coaching and assisting multiple Blue Valley youth teams for over 20 seasons. Katie is a licensed cosmetologist and tattoo artist who owns and operates a paramedical and cosmetic tattoo business that focuses on empowering women and cancer survivors. Y'all are going to love this episode. She really shares her heart on why she decided to run for it. And she gave us some great practical tips on how to be better advocates for our children. Yeah. And we just want to, you know, share a disclaimer for Katie is that these are her words, her ideas, and just her personal beliefs, obviously not speaking on behalf of the school board, just speaking on behalf of Katie Bowers herself. And I will say, yeah, you and I both, we, I think we had some real like nod heading moments with her and just that we felt that encouragement from her. And we know that you as listeners will too. I even got a little emotional at once. I think those of us that are mamas, we've already talked about how hard the last couple of years have been. And Katie really helps us just realize that, hey, if we're stepping into speaking up and speaking out for what our kids need, that you're right where you need to be. And without further ado, here is our guest, Katie. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're so excited. So my first introduction to you was this past school year, but we have tons of mutual friends that I had no idea. I didn't either. Yeah. It was really incredible how small our little community is. And I'm like, okay, wait, you know her and you know her. And so that's always kind of a fun thing. Right. When we started the school board elections back in, was it 20? 20? Was that it 2021? Yeah. It was 2021 when we started. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Yes. Feels like a lifetime and I'm sure just yesterday for you, right? <laughs> just going through it. No, it feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> Lots of lifetimes. <laughs> well, we will get to that okay. in a minute. <laughs> but first, just tell us about you. I mean, tell us married, kids, what do you do for a living? All the things. Okay. So I like to give a little bit of my background. Absolutely. I yeah. Um, I grew up in Western Kansas and I was raised all over. So we moved around a bit. Um, my mom was a single mom. I'm the youngest of three kids. She was super tough on us. And I mean, she was just a very hard worker. So it was, yeah, it was awesome um, at times. Not at the moment, <laughs> Not but, at the moment, but you can, looking back, back now, I was thinking, wow, you know, she was great. 
Actually, my mom joined a fraternity mm-hmm. in one of the small towns we lived in. And yes, that's fraternity, not sorority. She yep. was the only female. Um, wow. She wanted to be more involved in the town. So I wanted to put that out there because I thought that was cool. And I was also raised heavily by my grandma, who was kind of like my rock. So she was a elementary school librarian. So I love books. I mm-hmm. love the smell of book fairs. <laughs> it's a thing. Oh, yes, Just it the, is. The thought of like going and touching all of the things. I love book fairs. So so do my kids. I don't love the money I drop at book fairs, no, but I no love book kidding. Fairs. <laughs> I volunteered at a book fair and it is incredible. But man, that is a way to sucker parents in. Like they just come through the door and it's just like, sure, here you go. I mean, it's no joke on book fairs. No more dollar bookmarks. No, no. It's like five ninety nine. <laughs> this piece of paper yeah. or the eraser the eraser right? oh, yeah the eraser mm-hmm. yeah all yep. the gadgets they have now i know okay tangent <laughs> okay <laughs> see i graduated high school scott community high school i was valedictorian i had a full ride to ku wow which it was academic i wanted to be an oncologist because my grandmother had cancer and then I was just incredibly intelligent as an 18-year-old, almost 19-year-old, and left my full-ride scholarship, Oh, um, much to the uh, shock and awe of my entire family, <laughs> <laughs> and followed a boy to Wichita to go to hair school. I oh, know. Oh, yeah. I know. Got to... It all starts with the boy. It all starts with the boy. Yeah. <laughs> So I did. I got my cosmetology license way back in 2005, speaking of lifetimes ago. (laughs) (laughs) And let's see. So I got married. I had my first child, Colton. He's 15 and got divorced. Consequently, met my future husband. Um, He worked with my uncle at a pharmacy and while he was going to pharmacy school. So we all had like a lonely hearts club. Everyone had gone through a divorce. My uncle was like, hey, come on up and hang out with me and my friend Dave. And I was like, "Mm, I don't really want to meet anyone right now. (laughs) Yeah. But and be ready to cringe. It was love at first sight. (laughs) Um, I was like, oh, there's my future husband, you know, just walking across the room. Uh Um, I in my head, if you've ever met Dave, he's average height, mm-hmm. skinny. He's adorable. He's adorable. Like, he's I love adorable. Him. I think he's hot, but <laughs> he's um, yes. Y'all are adorable pictured, together. I had pictured someone like he had three children before I met him, and um, I just guess I had pictured someone totally different, not this like rock god with a super low voice. I was like, oh hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've been married thirteen years this year. Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. He is my absolute best friend. I'm not exaggerating. We do everything together. We've never spent a night apart in thirteen years. Yep. And That's incredible. Yeah, we have made, I think, only one night we ever had to make an effort. We were switching out Pixis machines in a hospital overnight because they had to be pulled out and new ones put in. And I'm like, well, I'll come help you do it. That way we spent the night together. And then, oh, so kind of corny, but I love him. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, adorable. It was. Uh, <laughs> um, we have six kids all together. Three were born before I met them. His three oldest. I have my son, Colton. And then we have our two littles together, Evangeline and Everly. So ages 23 down to seven. That is awesome. Yeah. Big family, big... Big hearts. Big hearts. Yeah. Yeah. I can attest to that having four. Mm -hmm. I just... It's chaos, but it's amazing. chaos, yeah. (laughs) And then I over here with only two just go, y'all are so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Sometimes when we only have two and the youngest and we look at each other and be like, is this what it's like? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is what it's like. Yeah. Uh Uh Uh-huh. That is. What does your husband do? He is a pharmacist. So he's been doing that for 14 plus years. Yep. Right? Since 2009. Yeah. Let me see. He graduated. We bought a house, moved to Overland Park and got married. That's what I was going to say. What months? So what brought you specifically to Overland Park? A job? No. His kids were already here. Okay. Um, His ex-wife had moved up here with the kids. They were at Overland Trail Elementary. Dave was still in pharmacy school. And when he graduated, the agreement was he would move into the Blue Valley School District and Mm -hmm. they would resume a 50-50. So that's awesome. Okay. I was just along for the ride at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had moved up to Ottawa, Kansas, if anyone knows where that is. Yep. And I was working at the Walmart Distribution Center throwing boxes on a conveyor belt. Nice. My arms were ripped. I was going <laughs> to say, but that you were is happy. I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And dirty every time I got home. <laughs> Black soot everywhere, but... And now when you smell cardboard, do you just have like this? Yes. No. No. <laughs> 
I'm going to throw things like baby food to safes. I, safes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Safes. <laughs> Not that strong. Um, and paint, cans of paint, food, How pickles. crazy. Yeah. It was great. That's fun. So one of the reasons that we asked you here is because you are currently a school board member for Blue Valley. Mm-hmm. And so many moms are wanting to become advocates for their kids. So I want to back up, though, after you have started, you're in love, you've got kids. Was it always on your dream board to <laughs> run for a political office? Right? Yeah. Actually, I am an introverted extrovert, probably. So it did not occur to me at all. Um, and actually, to get serious, and when you're talking about faith, my first marriage was abusive. And so it took me... I mean, I met Dave and then it took me probably seven years to like come out of my shell and to really like be comfortable out in public and to um, be comfortable around new people and stuff Mm -hmm. like that because I was just terrified a lot. I had a lot of anxiety. Um, And so Dave really helped me through that. But after that seven years, my husband has always been like, you can do whatever you want to do. It's like just do it. And at first I stayed home. We had four kids at the time and childcare is very expensive right. here. And so I stayed home and I did the stay at home mom thing and I loved it, loved every minute. And then I have this, yeah, I guess it is a habit of just thinking about something, getting really excited about it and saying, I'm going to do it. And then my husband's like, yeah, go do it. And then I just go do it. So mm-hmm. like, I was like, I'm going to run a 5k. And I did that. I'm going to run a 10K. I did that. I'm going to do... Um, I did bodybuilding competitions. He's like, yeah. And he was always in the front row, my number one fan. And uh, this time I was like, I want to learn how to tattoo. So we refinanced our home. I went and learned how to tattoo. And now I, I'm a cosmetic tattoo artist and I love it. And other than being able to transform people's lives, because I work with a lot of cancer survivors that don't have eyebrows anymore, mm-hmm. I get to lay my hands on at least up to four people a day and pray for them, even if they don't know it. So that was why we started it was to be able to pray for people and to be able to reach people that because I do see all walks of life and I yeah. see everybody, every gender. Oh, know? yeah. So that has been a blessing. It has blessed us. It's changed me immensely as a person to be out of that seven year almost, I think it's funny that it's almost a biblical seven years mm-hmm. um, to come out and be able to reach people and to be on that different level of like, okay, I'm okay now. And now it's time to spread that to other people. Right. So well, that's amazing. Kind of, it's kind of like the, you say biblical seven, but it's God is restoring the years that the locusts have eaten mm-hmm. and he's using that. And that is you know, allowing you to have that. And I love it when people recognize it and say, this is so different than where I was at. And I'm so thankful to a certain point. I wouldn't know how good I have it if I hadn't gone through what I had gone through. Amen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't know what good is if you don't know what bad is. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You don't know much you have if you've not had a lot. To that point, if I've ever said I'm running for school board seven years ago, I mean, I probably wouldn't even have talked very loud. I would have just been like, hi, you know, (laughs) hey. Um, But then I I did gain confidence. I felt so much better about myself and wanting to help other people. And so I I randomly was like, Dave, I'm going to run for school board. And usually I'm like, no questions about it. Just going to do this. And I've just done things. And this one was very different. This was like a I didn't know why. I knew I had reasons that I wanted, but I always... I think people think my reasons aren't good enough or that maybe my desire isn't good enough for me to want to go out. Maybe other people are more qualified, right? Or I was like, I'm too young. I'm too inexperienced. I've never done this before. You know, that kind of stuff. And that was a huge faith moment because I felt very internally pushed by God. Mm -hmm. Called to, Katie, you need to do this. And everyone's like, yeah, you should totally do that without... You don't know what school board's like until you <laughs> I know, board. And we're, we're going to get there. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited. Um, at that point, it was like I put my I call it putting my name in the hat. And then it was like people were crawling out of the woodwork to help me. Mm-hmm. It was like there was you and you and then all of the people that helped us. And then actually my campaign manager, I should not have been able to get that campaign manager. He does far more high level stuff than me. And he decided to take me on and and like totally mentored me, helped me through the whole process and didn't have to. And he's a believer. Mm -hmm. But he was like, no, I I think you could really do this. And I was like, 
okay, well, good, you know, and you just keep, you keep pushing forward always, always keep going. But it was awesome to just see people that you've never met Mm -hmm. come out and be like, yeah, I believe in you. I'm going to help you. It's a little bit of validation where you're like, okay, and then you find your people, right? Right. You find your tribe. You find your tribe. There's people that actually do think like you. And Mm -hmm. there's people that um, believe the way that you do, are passionate about their kids, raise their kids similar. And nobody raises their kids the same, but anyways. It's um, same alignment with values and things. And I think that's awesome. I mean, you are absolutely speaking to being obedient to God's calling Mm -hmm. that he put on your heart. Similar to what we've mentioned, you know, about how we came up with this podcast. It's not something that we ever dreamed of, you know, mm-hmm. but we know that God's going to use us in different ways. And that's what he's doing with you is putting you in a position in which some of us didn't feel called to do or don't feel qualified or don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> but you are being that person for a lot of other people. And that's amazing. Well, and I believe God speaks in repetition. So, I mean, the verse Esther 4.14 I could not tell you. I saw shirts about it. I saw daily verses about it for such a time as this, you know, and you're thinking. And to me, that was very personal because Mm -hmm. it was such a time that it was the perfect storm that I had gone through everything. And then everyone was so fired up. And we have gone through all this like, you know, to well, one year of a pandemic at that point. And it was just the right time. So the things, okay, you talked about a, a habit of finding things and going, okay, I'm going to run a 5k. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Was it something that you saw, something that you read, an incident, an experience, something that put the school board on your mind or that God was like, school board, this is where I want you. This is what I want you to do. There was two events that happened. And one of them was eighth grade promotion for my 15 year old. Um, He was at a middle school in Blue Valley and it was 2021. And I found out this is my firstborn baby. And not that the older three, I went to every one of their eighth grade promotions. Mm -hmm. I loved it. We have super good memories. This is my firstborn child. And we found out it was going to be virtual. And I said, hold on a second. It's in May. Let's have it outside on the track. And that way parents can go. I don't want to watch a screen and watch my kid do eighth grade promotion. I realized this in a high school graduation still meant a lot to me personally. Mm -hmm. And I was just told a bunch of different things. Oh, we don't have an outdoor sound system. I said, I will find you one. And -hmm. for that record, I will rent it. I will set it up. You can use it. I will take it and I will give it back. Well, then the rest of the people in the district won't have one. I will rent one for all nine of our middle schools so that they can have an outdoor graduation. Okay, let me get back to you. You know, and the next day I go to a track meet at my middle school (laughs) and they're sitting outside with the sound system. So I took a picture of it and sent it to the principal and said, I guess you don't need me to rent you a sound machine. You know, I say sound machine, but you know what I mean? Yes. Um, Yeah. Yep. And he was like, oh, well, sometimes it doesn't work. And I'm thinking, now I will tell you, I do love this principal. He is a great man and he has really helped my son. And so I'm not talking poorly about him. I know the decisions that were being made were not his decision. So, And then I was told, well, we're going to do it virtual anyways, so that the virtual students can attend and that way they can have all of their classmates. So Then I find out, you know, I still, I had a kid in high school at that point that their class day was going to be in person. So class day in Blue Valley is a mini graduation in the high school gym where it's typically for grandparents. So they don't have to go do the big Big graduation. They they go through everything. They call their names. They walk down the aisle. They wear their robes. They play music. They hand out huge scholarships. And it was in person. I even looked up the square footage of high school gyms. Of our high school gyms, how many... I called the high school and found out how many students were there. They were allowed two guests. I compared square footage per person. It was far less at middle school. So there was more room in the middle school because there's less students, less parents. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... What's tell me what's what's and that just really infuriated me. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. And then that was just that's what it was. Make it make sense. Right. Make tell me why. Give me a reason. Mm -hmm. And then another one was my youngest and she was a kindergartner. And her first year, I had never toured that school. So I've only been into Wolf Springs twice now. Um, Love that school. Love that principal a million times over. Couldn't walk her in. This is my sixth child, most independent girl. Like, peace out, mom. I don't need you to walk me in. See you later. I'm going to kindergarten. Yeah. You don't even have to pick me up. I can probably walk home. (laughs) I'll figure it out. I'll get a ride. I'll find someone that wants me. (laughs) Um, And a couple months later, she started having the most drastic um, separation anxiety from me. 
And she had not worn a mask yet because, I mean, she had, but not to school. Pandemic ended her preschool year. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm talking about bawling, bawling, crying. They're calling me. We don't know what's wrong. She's just crying. She mm-hmm. says she misses you. And I'm like, okay, you know, we have talks with her. Then she starts crying before I can drop her off at school. And I will probably tear up even saying this because she's bawling. I don't want to go to school. And I'm sitting there like, you have to go to school. Like, you don't have to, but you know, I I need you to go to school. I need to go to work. And Mm -hmm. she is like clinging to me. And I, my heart was broken. And, um, it took one kindergarten teacher who said, screw COVID rules. I'm going to hug this child. And what I found out is she'd been crying for hours and they couldn't hug them. Mm -hmm. So my little five-year-old was crying for hours and, um, kindergarten and no one would hug her. And, oh, I just, I didn't know that. I probably wouldn't have sent her to school. I'd have known she was sitting there for hours crying. Um, So this one kindergarten, and then she was fine. One kindergarten teacher was like, I can't do this. I can't watch another kid cry. So she was just hugging her and that's all she needed. Mm -hmm. It took like Uh, two months of gut wrenching, like her crying before we go to school in the car on the way to school. When I pick her, I mean, the kind of hugs that hurt your neck Mm -hmm. um, that I was like, make it make sense. Like... That was when I started was that fall that inspired me. And then um, actually, I mean, there's just, I knew you would ask this question and there was something I wanted to say too, is the reasons I got into it quickly became and changed and evolved Mm -hmm. into other reasons. Um, Once you start digging and find out what's going on, then they evolve and you think there's a lot more going on than just me, Mm -hmm. right? Because you don't want to be selfish. No. And I mean, I, I'm watching Tracy <sighs> intently as you're talking about the, this anxiety mm-hmm. that your kindergartner is going through. Yeah. And Tracy has shared on here before. Yeah. Uh, and I think that pretty soon we should do an episode much like my depression one mm-hmm. is talking about Braylon's journey. She homeschooled Braylon for, for kindergarten, her, for kindergarten. And that, I mean, that had a lot to do with pandemic schooling. What's it going to look like? What's it not going to look like? I mean, there was enough anxiety that she was dealing with prior to it that I wasn't even going to try to send her to school in a mask with all these kids that she she struggled making friends. Yeah. You know, it, there there was just so many issues that we dealt with beforehand. And I'm so thankful, like God put that on my heart to keep her home for that year and to homeschool her because we went through therapy. We worked through a lot and she got to start first grade. I had all exemptions for all my kids, so they've never worn them. Praise God. And it's been beautiful. Like she has the best teacher. She has had the best experience. Like the first day of school, she ran out smiling and this was the best day ever. And it was just, and I got to see that. Like I got to see the smile Mm -hmm. as my car pulled up on that Mm -hmm. first day. And it was amazing. Yeah. And maybe this is not the right place to say this, but (laughs) the day after we removed masks, I didn't have a morning appointment and I'm the one that drops our girls off, but I pulled up a little bit late because I wanted to see the kids get out of the car and every single kid and was just coming out with no mask and they're running up to each other in front of Wolf Springs and they're like, hi. And I was, I was sobbing. Oh, my, my husband and like, I, we dropped our kids like, off and happy. sobbed Yeah, like, we I'm drove so out of that parking. Happy. Yeah. Um, I had gotten exemptions for my kids as well, but I didn't use them right off the bat because I, in running for school board, I didn't want my kids to get bullied. And so I also have a daughter with an autoimmune disease and um, I still got an exemption for her because mm-hmm. I felt strongly that that was not what we should be doing to children. Mm-hmm. So I talked to a uh, medical professional when, so we've talked on here too, that my girls go to a uh, Christian private school. I got exemptions for them and he was more worried about my girls getting bullied because they wouldn't have their mask on. He goes, I'm going to give these to you because I, this is my belief that this is doing the right thing. He goes, I'm more worried that they're going to get bullied because they're not wearing them. And that's a real thing. And like, that is something that we, hopefully we will never have to deal with again. (laughs) I know. I know too. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a joy to be able to let people have their choice and their freedoms and do what they wish for their families. Yes. And I would say that was another, when you're talking about the private schools, make it make sense. These guys are all going and they're doing the right thing. They're not having massive closures they're doing things correct. Not, I wouldn't even say correctly, but they're allowing the choice, right? Right. And they're fine. And we had, 
we live in Johnson County. How many private schools do we have that were right. mask optional? Yeah. And they were fine. Mm-hmm. So that was another make one that I was sense. like, what's going on, guys? This is not, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The make it make sense is absolutely what, I mean, two years ago or a year and a half ago, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I kept telling myself, yeah. you know, and in the beginning of the pandemic, when all this started and school stuff was, you know, going on and I went to my first meeting that we were, you know, discussing some of the changes and campaigning and things for new school board members. I just remember being like, okay, I just need to like hear it from someone else's mouth, what I'm thinking, because I felt so alone. And when I went to that first meeting (laughs) and I won't say her name, but she stood up on a chair and she's like, I will never forget sitting in my closet crying because nothing made sense. And I was like, wait, I did that too. I was crying in my closet. I cried in the shower. Like I have four kids. They're all going to different schools. They all have different needs. They all like, we all became this like internal fire of like mama bear, Mm -hmm. you know, like I want to protect my kids and I want what's best for my kids and my family. And everybody had different feelings, but there was this sense of just trap yeah, like that we all felt. And when all candidates started speaking up, it was like, okay, now we have people who are speaking like-minded. And then, I mean, I've never, never watched a school board meeting, (laughs) never attended, uh, never like had the desire to speak or even, you know, be a part of it until this last round in 2021. Yeah. I'm like feeling like it's already a year later, but that was only November, right? (laughs) I'm like feeling like that was a while ago, but yeah, I just, there's so much of this internal each side, right? Like that feeling inside of, I just want to speak on behalf of my kids, but that feeling of just how in brick wall. Yeah. Right. So that is great lead into this next question is what advice would you have for other moms who want to be an advocate for their kid in school, but don't know where to start? I mean, because it was like all of a sudden we were all scrambling, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. wait a second, how can I be a voice? I'm I'm no longer allowed to be a room mom. Room moms don't exist. You know, I'm no longer allowed to be in the school. How do I get, you know, so we don't know what's going on. We are not. And and shame on us, right? Waiting till the crisis. You know, we all got so complacent. But I mean, I think that's because our schools were great. And they were, we felt we're okay. We were so busy. We were not as attached to things in the classrooms. And then when the kids came home and we started seeing what was coming through in Canvas, what was coming through virtually, like what, how they were being taught, there was a lot of that, like, okay, like what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. It made it coming back into our houses, mm-hmm. right? When we did start seeing what they were learning and what what was going on and the reactions that teachers were having and the, the narratives teachers were sharing. It was like, wait a second, hold on. This is not what I signed up for. You know, when you get my kids for seven hours a day, you don't get to do this. That That's not your job. That's my job as the parent. And so what advice, where would you tell a mom to start if think, she wants to be an advocate? I think too, I'm going to give you a little bit of a back answer to that because I do think it begins at home. Everything starts at home. Your expectations, your faith, your... Um, I know there's argument about handing your child your faith. That's this is my business. I'm sorry. I birthed this child. I say, get your kids off of social media immediately. If they're on there, there's Mm -hmm. really no reason for them to be on it. It is not mentally great for them. I would say, get them off electronics and help them play, pray, do something else. Because that right there is what sets your, almost sets your standard for your child. And I'm not saying it's going to reset your child, but I'm saying, give your child a standard of what is okay in your house. Because when you have a standard at your own home, when they do go into the school environment, it's easier for them to uphold their standard at home than it is worrying about and you worrying about what they're being taught. Because their minds are so moldable and vulnerable, there is, I fear every day I'd send my kids off, especially my high schoolers. I'm like, I don't know what's going to be said today. And I yeah. hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I guess you would say like a baseline. Give your kids a baseline of no social media because their friends are all going to get it. I cannot tell you, I've had four teenagers now, the detriment that social media has played. We don't allow it, mm-hmm. but they still find ways to get it. And it has been horrible. Yeah. Oh, I, we, we have statistics. We have statistics oh, yeah. of what it's done to their mental health, yeah. the, the depression, the anxiety, yeah. the suicide rates. Yeah. We have, that's the proof of what social media, I mean, go back. 2005 was the year that Facebook 
launched Mm -hmm. either 2005 or 2004. Then, and it was only for college kids. Mm -hmm. You had to have a .edu email. Yep. Right? Then they opened it up. The reason I know this is because my school didn't have an email. And so I couldn't get on Facebook. Yeah, I know. It's like community college. (laughs) (laughs) It's not education. Right, exactly. It's not a real school. (laughs) Um, And so... That's the only way. And then it was, then it was schools. But then like when the doors opened, Facebook to open the doors to anybody mm-hmm. and everybody. I mean, that is when the whole world shifted. Mm-hmm. I, right. And we have kids that aren't capable. I mean, your frontal lobe doesn't fully develop till you're 25, but you're sitting instant gratification, instant everything right in front of your hands. This leads me into what I was going to like, just what I was going with that is. Another thing that led to me wanting to run was they started giving our middle schoolers laptops. Cool, great, terrible idea. Loaded gun. I'm sorry. I believe in the Second Amendment, but I'm not going to hand a gun to a child. My son, I they give you securely. Blue Valley gives you securely, which is mm-hmm. a um, system you can monitor your kids' activities. So I set it up and I realized I go into the settings. And this is first year. I believe this was fall of 2019 when my son got his first Chromebook. And I realized I had to turn off pornography. It wasn't pre-turned off. Awesome. I had to turn off streaming. So I don't want you on YouTube without supervision. I'm so, I know what's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to turn that off. I had to block certain websites. I had to do this. And I'm thinking, why do I have to do that? Like, why is this not pre-blocked? So I didn't say anything at the time. And then I found out my son had been sneaking his laptop downstairs and his friends had found a way to get around the YouTube thing. So he's looking up rap videos and I'm like, okay, so I peruse and then like violent, like video game. I'm trying to think call of duty videos, which don't get me wrong. If you play call of duty, that's fine. But to a 13, 14 year old game violence is a little bit different than when you're an adult playing a game, um, mm-hmm. shooter games. So I, at that point, he also brought home a book from the library that was like 600 pages long. It was super thick. And I'm like, do you, you don't even like to read. Why are we bringing home a huge book? And I'm on, I'm, my kids call me the CIA because I am. And <laughs> I seriously, I, I Google this book. I did a good reads on it. I think I did common sense media. I don't remember, but I found out it was in our middle school libraries. It had pregnant sex in it. It had woman on woman sex. Sorry if that's not allowed on this podcast, but <laughs> you're fine. It was um, pornographic in nature. I mean, it wasn't, there weren't pictures, but I'm like, why is this in a middle school library? I tread up to the, I go meet with the principal and I hand him the laptop and I hand him the book. And I was like, what is going on? So my son is on YouTube. I've got it blocked. What is this book in the library? You know? And he's like, oh, well, and then he tries to explain. I was like, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. Why did I have to? And I was just like, why did I have to block pornography? Then I found out, I don't know if you guys know this or not, the parameters you set on securely go off when you get at school. So as soon as they get onto Blue Valley Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, your parameters go off. I said, I'm sorry. Then my son can <laughs> this look This is at, backwards. This is backwards. <laughs> yeah. I said, so my son can do whatever he wants on here when he gets to school because now he can look, well, they need to use YouTube. I said, no, they don't. What are you talking about? So I was just floored. I, I went to school and I didn't use YouTube or anything for book projects or research. Do you remember the card catalogs? Oh. Speaking of smells of books. I know. Card catalogs. Yes. Oh. That's what I, mm-hmm. I would go to my grandparents and mm-hmm. just whip out their encyclopedias. We only had a couple of letters. We only had a couple of Yes, that is so. we had it on payment plan. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. and I don't think we made that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So it was, yeah. it's that's so disturbing. And yeah, and I was like eye opening. So that when you want to advocate, it does mean that you have to be mentally in the game. Mm-hmm. So you need to read those emails that come home because more often than not, they are notifying you, but you're not reading it. And I'm super guilty. At one point, I had one in college, one in high school, one in middle school, one in elementary, one in preschool, and one at home. I got 12,000 emails a day about what was going on in your kid's school. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I can keep track of all of this. But they do put a lot of information out there. They do not put some information out there. I will say that. So read those emails. Yeah. Preview your kids' library books. My six-year-old brought home a book. Well, she was six at the time, brought home a book. She's like, mom, what's a period? Give me your book. Why are you reading that? You're not old enough to read this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Preview their library books. 
watch what they put in their mind. Watch. I mean, it's the be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little eyes what you hear. We're very, you would call us helicopter parents and that's fine. Like my kids can't watch PG-13 movies unless they're 13 and it has been previewed. I always say go up the chain of command as well. Start with the teacher. They're usually more than happy to answer questions. Be kind. Everyone be kind. Be kind. And if that doesn't work, then you flip tables, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to be kind. You've got to, you're going to catch more flies with honey than you are coming out of the gate, just guns a-blazing, you know, fists a-flying. And you're going to find more advocates for your kids that way too. Right. The teachers are less defensive as they should. Right. Like they may be exactly on the same page as you, you know, as the parent. And they're unfortunately their hands are tied as well. Yes. And so, you know, you never know where somebody stands. And so when you can say, hey, look, I've got a problem with this. Can you help me understand this? Find who your tribe is, because there are people in the schools and in the elected officials that are on your side, you just have to find them. I think I want to go back to to like what life was like with schools. And prior to the pandemic, there was relationships between staff and teachers and parents and room moms. Like it was a family community. And that was one thing, you know, when I moved here five years, almost six years ago now, that was a part of what I loved was just that community, you know? So for anyone who moved here in the last two and a half, three years, you know, that feel or even kindergarten, first grade families, they haven't been in the schools yet. Like hallelujah, our kids can have lunch with their parents now that starts this week after spring break, you know, like we're getting there, but there's so much that's missed and has to be not reinvented, but those relationships have to be rebuilt because you have parents who experienced different things throughout the pandemic. You had political things that were in there. You had emotional things. Our kids, some of them that were doing well in school, not doing so well now, used to love it. Now they hate it. I'm experiencing that myself. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different world. And I know that my greatest like prayer and hope is that the community can be rebuilt in the school again. We can still have differences. We'd had differences before. (laughs) Like, let's be real. But we've seen the hate. We've seen, I mean, it's been national news that parents that speak at board meetings are terrorists, whatever. Like, come on. (laughs) We are such good terrorists. I mean, for real. Like, just the stuff (laughs) right? I mean, the stuff that's out there has just been so, so heavy, so ridiculous. You know, like your, your comment of make it make sense. Like that's, you know, my husband and I were speaking about something that is happening this week, a special school board meeting that is happening to discuss some library books. And my husband was like, it's logic. Like, how do people think that that's even okay? Like, it's not (laughs) like that is where we have to get to the point that this, it just needs to make sense. But if it doesn't, then we're speaking out on it. But we also have to remember as believers is that Jesus told us this would happen, that people would think wrong is right and right is wrong, Mm -hmm. and that they basically would think that what we're advocating is the crazy. Yeah. And so while I love, I would love to see communities be rebuilt and relationships. And I do believe that they're going to be in there because again, I think it goes back to finding your people. Mm -hmm. It may not be the whole school. It may just be those five teachers or whatever, but we have to prepare ourselves for the worse and be the light and hands and feet of Jesus. Love these people that don't agree with us and say, Hey, we don't have to be on the same political aisle. You and I've said this. Yep. We just have to, you know, I'm going to love you where you're at. But when I see that truth needs to be spoken, I'm going to speak out on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I would say what I've noticed working with the public is that people have seemingly lost the ability to agree to disagree. And that has to come back. Oh, yeah. yeah it has to come back. The ability to be kind, the ability to disagree, still be businesslike is very important to me. It's very mm-hmm. important to me that I can say, I support your right to believe that way. That's not how I believe. And you know what? That's okay. And I'm going to go ahead and we're just going to move on because that's fine. Mm -hmm. The teachers, they are great people for the most part. I mean, 
in every career you're going to have yes. yep. something going on. There's mm-hmm. bad tattoo artists. I mean, we've all, I've got some awesomely terrible tattoos. Okay. <laughs> I like so how I you know, said that. I mean, I'm like, should I get them removed? Are they funnier the older I get? You know, there's bad cops. Mm-hmm. There's bad politicians. There's a lot of bad politicians. There's, um, <laughs> There's bad people. There's bad nurses. CEOs, nurses. I mean, all the things. Most of the time people get into what they're doing because that's what they want to do. And teachers, especially putting up with our kids for seven plus hours a day, kind of like angels. Um, So uh, go down the, go down the chain of command, advocate for your child, but it does begin with supervision. It does begin knowing who your kids hang out with, because if you don't have a good understanding of how your child works Mm -hmm. and how what's coming at them is affecting them, you can't really advocate for them, right? You can't say, well, Timmy hates this, but you don't really know if he does or if it's affecting him. You've got to have that understanding of how your child works and then know what's coming down the pipe. Speak your peace, be kind, volunteer if you can, because that gives you that chance to be in there and not to be the whispering parent, but just to to be supervision, vote, my God, vote, <laughs> vote every election, do your research. Not just presidential Not ones. just presidential. <laughs> Did you know there's elections like all the time? They're very important. <laughs> research your candidates, ask them questions. Advocating though comes down to also believing in yourself. There's a lot of people that are like, I don't know what to do. It's not fake it till you make it, but go do it. Yeah. Just go get out there, put your name out there. Hey, do you need help? This is how I feel about this and stop being a female that is worried about people thinking you're a difficult female. I'm mm-hmm. so tired of that. Females that speak their mind, you're not difficult. You're just acting like a man. Right? <laughs> so, right? <laughs> oh, I say this to my kids all the time. Yeah. The people that matter don't mind. And the people that mind don't matter. And that's mm-hmm. from Dr. Seuss. But it is so true that your people will love you. The people that don't like it. You they're know, not your people. They're not your people. Yeah. So you have to stand up, use your voice. I know it's hard sometimes as a female because you're worried about being labeled as difficult or cranky or whatever. And I'm I'm over it. Call me cranky then. Cool. Yeah. You are far still, from cranky. You are gonna, far from cranky. <laughs> I want to speak my truth. So you're amazing. Yes. And okay. So how can people support you for our local Blue Valley? I mean, anyone, how can they support the school board members? that they agree with? Like, how can we as parents support school board members? Um, By keeping us notified of what's going on. Because I will say that as soon as you get on the board, so many teachers and admin are scared to talk to you or to approach you. So I don't know what's going on in Blue Valley Northwest unless I hear it from parents. Okay. Um, And so I need to know what happened, what's going on. And not that you should tattle to me because my ability to really do any kind of, um, what would you call that? Discipline. Disciplinary action is zero. But if I know about it, I can bring it up. And so I still need all eyes on it. And everybody does. And I'm not saying we should be stalking anybody in our schools or anything like that, but I need to know what's going on. And so does our board. Yeah. We are, we should be, and hopefully are getting there, the bridge between parents and the school. And so I can't help if I don't know what's going on. So I do need to know uh, assignments that are inappropriate. I do need to hear that stuff. And I think that dropped down a little bit after there's still several people that will approach me. And I'm super thankful, but anything you think I need to hear, I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I will always want to hear it because you don't, if you don't know, you don't know. And so that helps sharing. If we do share information on social media, sometimes it helps to share that out. Like for example, the meeting that's on mm-hmm. Thursday, that's not yep. really publicized. Going to have to share that out. Mm-hmm. So And even, and I would encourage, because it's so easy for us to like, we never want to write a Yelp review until it's a bad one, Mm -hmm. right? Nobody Mm -hmm. at Southwest for a great flight. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like then just, I say that because we've traveled recently (laughs) and we saw some of our friends, bless their hearts. Um, Anyways, but like the good stuff too. Like, because you guys, you want to know the stuff that's working. Yes. You want to know the yes. stuff that parents are saying, this is a program that we love. We need more of this. Yes. You know, these, we this do is where a lot of fantastic stuff. Our yes. Blue Valley is incredible. We have so much. And that's where the gratefulness comes in. It's really hard to be mad when you're in a grateful attitude. Mm-hmm. So we do have a lot. Can we work on things? Oh my God. Yes. Everybody can. Yeah. I, we do have so much here 
And I don't say that because I want everyone to be like, calm down, you know, but we do have so much here. We want to talk about growing up in Western Kansas. We still, I was developing, I'm only 36. And when I was in high school, we were developing film in the dark room. Yep. And I'm thinking, you know what, you guys have, you get a Mac Airbook for free. I know. There you go. And you get to use that. And I'm thinking we had those fishbowl looking Macs. Where it was so yes. yes, we had that the ones with like the clear back. Mm-hmm. Those, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My high school mm-hmm. didn't have air conditioning. Yeah, it was great. No, so. they, the we toured the high school where my son will go next year in the drafting room and the 3D machines, like all the technology that these kids have. I'm like, yeah. it is incredible what yeah. they have, and it's it is awesome. But like you said, there needs to be that boundary of like need supervision yeah there's so much that needs to change and yeah you know one last thing too on and i was thinking about this and this is random but i had a friend who had shared something that was from our school board meeting and went nationally of course and socially was sent and and i think one of the things that i listen to other podcasts because i'm a podcaster listen to other people and have you know parents who've spoke on their school board meetings and all this i mean it gets shared all around. Every school does. But I think one of the things, and you kind of brought it up, this isn't just here. And we are a global podcast. So I want to address this because we are. What? what? I know. (laughs) We are. We are all across the world. It is very exciting. Obviously, what's happening here in the United States, there's a lot of stuff going on. But the stuff that's going on in the schools, I mean, this is just the beginning. (laughs) So we've talked about what we can all do as parents and help advocating, you know, for our kids and in the schools. But from a national perspective, you know, everybody's what I'm experiencing and seeing because I have a lot of friends cross country. We're all experiencing something different. I I come from Chicago, Chicago public school. I mean, that's a whole different world, right? But we have all these different schools it's guys, we're not on the same playing field. <laughs> no, like what's happening in Blue Valley is very different than what's happening in Chicago or, you know, anywhere Virginia. else. Yeah. Yeah. Or California. I mean, yeah. come on. Like, like it's yeah. crazy and it's different. And I think I want our listeners to just hear that we are all dealing with something different, you know, and our hope is that you'd be encouraged to, to learn a little bit more in your schools and be advocates and get a little bit more involved with school boards. Are you guys on the same page with me and where I'm going I, with this. <laughs> no, I totally understand because like I remember and I want to say it was Chicago or Detroit inner schools, inner city schools and something that and it's it was a viral video. Of course it was. And it was a group of like 10 dads that walked the school hallways. They saw a dramatic decrease in bullying in school fights. Attendance was up and these kids I mean, just because dads were walking the halls Mm -hmm. and it was like, but it's again, it goes back to the parent being involved. And I think so much could change in any school district if just more parents and it takes time and it's a sacrifice. Like, you know, we're fortunate to be work at home moms and our own our own businesses. And that gives us a flexibility and freedom. But our kids are an investment. Like, if we are not there for them for the 18 years, they're not going to give a crap what we do from them after that. And I I think the way that you outlined on how someone can be an advocate if they, no matter where they're at, is it starts at home and starts with the little stuff. And then just be present. Be there. You don't have to be on the school premise all the time. Once a month, you know, you're just there. Your parents' presence makes a huge difference. And talking to the single mom where everything seems overwhelming. I was a single mom. I was raised by a single mom. There are people like, I don't have the time. Honey, yeah. I get it. I do. I did not have the time to do school board, but I made the time. And I was at the end where my seven-year-old or she was six at the time begging me, mom, you have another meeting. I want to snuggle with you. I want you to read me a story. And it's so hard for me to say, I know, honey, I'm so sorry. This will kind of be over in a little bit, but it really hasn't. And you you take the time, you get, what is it, 18 delicious summers with your kids, mm-hmm. right? Um, but being present, being empathetic, when you're thinking about all around the world, we're all going through something. Nothing that happens to you wasn't already filtered by God's loving hands. So I do not, I'm not one of those people that believe that God will give you something that you can't handle because he will, mm-hmm. because 
if you can't handle it, then you run to him. Amen. Um, Preach. And so that so is good. kind of when I'm like on your knees and you're like, why? And there's also nothing new under the sun. And so someone else is going through the same thing, has gone through the same thing, but you've got to look around and you've got to be grateful. But like you said, we're all going through something mm-hmm. um, and you've got to stay involved. And I know it's hard. I know it is. It's overwhelming. Yeah. It will be done and gone very quickly. Yeah. So, well, I just want to end with this because I, as someone who wasn't involved before and who became involved, first off, thank you to you. You're, You're huge welcome. to get me motivated to do a whole lot of things and some others locally too and friends. But really, if it is stirring inside of you to be more involved, I encourage you to find a person, ask some questions and start with one person because that's what it took for me was one person telling me I wasn't alone and then a couple more people telling me I wasn't alone. And before I knew it, I was able to stand up. I'm getting emotional. (laughs) Stand up next to you at a rally I never would have gone to be there at so many things for you. And I just, there was a lot of fear in that, but it helped me step into who God called me to be as a mom. And that's to be there for my kids. Mm-hmm. I I can't thank you enough for your time, Katie. And I know Tracy feels this has been one, so encouraging. Two, you have I know this is going to inspire other mamas and parents and to just go, if she can do it, so can I. Yeah. And you having the success to get onto the school board also in itself. But you are an inspiration. And again, it's a lot of if she can do it, then I can do it. I can't thank you enough for your time today and sharing with us your heart and um, yourself with our school districts here because that is a lot. So I can do it. Anybody can. That's very true. I do not have a college degree. I encourage you to be that person. And my five foot two friend from Wichita gave birth with no pain meds before I had my with Evangeline. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So at 37, 36 weeks pregnant, I told my husband, I'm like, we're having this baby at home. And he was like, no, we're not. <laughs> As I was a like, yes, we are. He was like, is anyone going to be there to help? I'm like, I'll find us a midwife. And I did it. And I was like, I had two babies at home because I was like, I can do that. And it really is the power of like, Mm-hmm. I don't want to say get ornery. If you look up ornery in the in the dictionary, it's like a mean word, but I am ornery. I'm just mischievous. Like go be go be competitive. Go mm-hmm. in a good competitive and go do it. Like just stop telling yourself you can't. Like I wish females would just go do instead of wander. Like, yeah. Just, oh, that's good. Just go do instead, instead of, of wander. wander. Yeah. So good. Thank you so much, housewives. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Whether we made you laugh or cry today, we pray you feel appreciated, bolder and braver than yesterday, stronger and more faithful for tomorrow, but living in who you were made to be today. Join our online community on Facebook. Find our link in the show notes. Be sure to review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time, housewives, we give you permission to walk confidently, freely, and be intentional in your slippers or stilettos.